Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast, where licensed attorney and certified life coach Laura Kelly teaches you how to bring joy, harmony, and balance to your practice and your life. Hello, colleagues, whenever or wherever you are, welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast. I'm your host, professional certified coach and practicing attorney, Laura Kelly. It is Mental Health Month, and this past Sunday was World Mental Health Day. You know, it's not a day for which we have celebrations. There's definitely no barbecue-related activities attached to it, but it is a day that can help spark important conversations. And who knows? Maybe in the future, when we keep building on the process of finally talking about mental health, we may have something to celebrate together. In order to mark the day, I posted an adorable illustration on social media. It said, store-bought neurotransmitters are fine if you can't make your own, with a prescription pill bottle with cute little kitty cat pills. And that's because the thing is, there is still so much stigma around mental health, particularly taking medication for mental health treatment. Now, if an athlete needs time out to recover from a torn hamstring or a broken ankle, then it's fine. But if somebody needs time and help to heal another important part of the body, the brain, then it's seen as a sign of weakness. It's still quite taboo. In fact, one of the greatest athletes of the modern era, Roger Federer, recently spoke about mental health and the numerous pressures on young tennis players today especially with the perils of social media. We need a revolution, said Federer, or at least an evolution of where we are today. Fortunately, we're seeing many more athletes like Naomi Osaka prioritize mental health. And I wanted to take a second to share exciting news about a range of new live classes coming up called A New You in 22. Whether you want to tame that calendar, learn how to value your time and profits, or put a safety on your emotional triggers, the Joyful Attorney is there for you for the price of a quarter of a billable hour. And in just one lunchtime, joy can be restored to your practice of the law. And in even better news, the very first class in the series is completely free. On Monday, October 25th, I'll be covering the ethics of time management. Learn effective time management tips to ensure you are following your ethical obligations as an attorney. And the best part, it's approved for one hour of technology and one hour of ethics from the State Bar of Florida. So go to thejoyfulattorney.com, upcoming courses to sign up. Now, the first time I received mental health treatment was when I was a 1L in law school. I was really struggling. I had moved across the country and found myself thinking that I was a minnow in a very large ocean. I had never learned to study and was shocked to find out that just being smart did not cut it in law school. I remember walking into the school psychiatrist's office the first time. Dr. Bay asked, what seems to be the problem? In response, I just sobbed. I sobbed during, I sobbed during the entire appointment. He looked aghast and suggested that I continue to make appointments and bring more Kleenex too. Maybe not the last part. Eventually, Dr. Bay suggested that I take a low dose of Lexapro. I bristled. This was 2003. I didn't want to be a citizen of Prozac Nation. I didn't want to lose my spark or have dead eyes. But what Dr. Bay said to me was this, Laura, you are suffering. 
You can continue to suffer or you can take something now that will help reduce your suffering. Either way, we will continue to work through the issues in therapy. I decided that I would take the medication and see what happened. Lo and behold, Lexapro had a very positive impact. I was able to regroup. My grades immediately shut up. I made friends, and more importantly, I was no longer in that deep, dark hole. Nevertheless, I still very much did not want to be dependent on an antidepressant. I got off of it as soon as I felt stable. But over the course of years, I still struggled with depression and anxiety. I would get off and on Lexapro. I would take it, stabilize, and then immediately get off. All because I didn't want to need medication, because of stigma. I've had a number of GPs and psychiatrists prescribe me antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, blood pressure medications, and stimulants to treat my mental health concerns. But nothing really brought lasting relief because, first and foremost, I was in denial. And two, I didn't have a cohesive and comprehensive plan for my mental health. What I've learned is that being healthy requires a holistic approach. I couldn't have a healthy mind without a healthy body, and I couldn't have a healthy body without a healthy mind. It took years and a lot of small, consistent steps over time that led me to where I am today. And that is not perfect at all. (laughs) I experienced the fullness of the human condition, including both positive and negative emotions. But at the same time, I make steps in the right direction. I prioritize sleep. I don't drink alcohol. I limit my carb intake. And I only rarely eat added sugars. I mean, like, have you tried Publix cake? It's amazing. I exercise daily. I meditate daily. And I have a well-oiled calendaring system. But I also drink an excessive amount of coffee, much to my psychiatrist's chagrin. I binge watch reality TV. And yeah, I'm medicated. I will maintain, though, that reality TV can be healthy pastime in moderation. You know, when I think I have problems, I realize at least I'm not getting involved in a salad fight while dressed as Beyonce. The thing that kind of happens on my beloved Real Housewives shows. I have had to learn that my store-bought neurotransmitters are a vital part of my overall health and well-being. I no longer bristle at it. Because Dr. Bay's words from back in 2003 make more sense to me now than ever. I have a condition in which my brain does not produce sufficient amounts of neurotransmitters to allow me to live without a great deal of turmoil. Just as if I had a physical condition that required medication, like type 1 diabetes, I have accepted that this is a lifelong condition. But at the same time, I do not pretend that popping a pill is a panacea. It's just one aspect of my comprehensive treatment plan. The other parts are just as important. I work out to allow my body to complete the stress cycle and to feel my best. I fuel my body with nutritious food so that I am not counteracting my medication with sugar and other foods that make me feel terrible. I sleep at least seven hours a night so that my brain has the ability to rest and process information from the day before. I meditate because this is what allows me to move past reactivity. I get coaching because this allows me to focus on how to get the results I want in my life. And I get therapy because it allows me to gain insight 
about the things that are troubling me. It all works together. If that sounds exhausting or a lot, I want to remind you that these are things that are just part of my rich and full life. I'm not exhausted by it. Just like I get my hair done, get my nails done, get a massage, go shopping. These are just parts of my life that allow me to feel my best. And I enjoy the process. One of my favorite pieces of wisdom is that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. It's taken me a long time to stop resisting the reality that pain is part of life. I've had to stop wishing that the human condition is different than it is. We will necessarily experience pain and negative emotion, but we do not have to suffer. So here's to ending the stigma of mental illness and medicating. There's no shame in seeking help. And the more of us who talk about our experiences means that maybe someone out there who's feeling isolated and alone feels a little less so. I hope you have a wonderful day and stay joyful until next time. Learn more about how you can work with Laura Kelly by going to thejoyfulattorney.com. Thank you for listening.